Welcome to Ready Gamer 1, a weekly podcast that discusses a love for Nintendo gaming and beyond. I'm Ben Cornett, and on this week I'm joined by Lucas Corbett. Hey, everyone. Brandon Loera could not be with us this week, uh, but we do have Skylar Kerr from the Hyrule Herald joining us. Skylar, tell us about yourself. Well, I am a video editor, been a video editor for quite some time, doing multiple stuff on multiple channels of my own and others, and side stuff, and also a very big love for video games, been playing video games since I could remember, so being able to combine the two and have an outlet for that is awesome, that's why I like being a part of a channel like this. Yeah, so my two big passions could go into one, and hopefully I could, uh, be liked by everybody who watches this channel. Awesome. Yeah. For those of you who are listening, uh, Skylar's got a couple of videos on the Hyrule Herald uh, YouTube channel, so make sure you check those out. Um, so this week on Ready Gamer 1, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the uh, recently announced Castlevania series that's coming to Netflix, uh, which actually makes a lot of sense for us to give our retro rewind to being Castlevania this week. Um, but before we do that, uh, I want to have a discussion about Gabe Marcello. If that name doesn't sound familiar to you, it's okay. To our knowledge, Gabe was not a fan of our site in any way, but he was in fact one of us. Gabe was born with a congenital heart defect, and while many, there are many forms of CHD, and most of them are treatable, Gabe's condition was complex. As described by a Waypoint article, uh, think of it this way, that most people have 100% oxygen in their blood. Gabe had 92% until about junior high which then dropped to 88, eventually down to 83. In 2016, it plummeted into the 70s before declining down into the 60s. The simple act of sitting down caused him to lose his breath. When the body does not get the appropriate amount of oxygen, fatigue is instantaneous. Why am I bringing this up? Gabe Marcello at the core was a fan of The Legend of Zelda. And as I said, he is one of us. He is a Nintendo loyalist, and loved these games with a passion. As Gabe's condition worsened, and after the disappointment that Nintendo did not have Breath of the Wild as a playable demo at PAX Prime, Gabe's brother Jamie hopped on Reddit seeking help from the Nintendo subreddit, and within hours, Nintendo contacted Jamie with the news that they would arrange a special opportunity for Gabe to play Breath of the Wild and a tour out in uh, Washington at uh, Nintendo of America. Gabe got his tour. He got to his chance to play Breath of the Wild with many Nintendo fans, uh, our Nintendo employees, cheering him on. Anita Marcello, Gabe's mother, said he was in that game what he was not in life. I could go out on walks, and Gabe could not join me. When I did, I thought about the fact that he could not get the benefit of fresh, cool air or the freedom of just walking in our wooded neighborhood. When I saw the Zelda game, I realized that this was the wonderful world he wanted. After getting to play the game and speaking with his brother Jamie, uh, Jamie said, I could tell in his voice that he was filled with pure happiness, something that had become harder to attain in, in his, as his condition worsened. Unfortunately, on January 14th, just a few weeks after his 27th birthday, Gabe passed away peacefully. Gabe's mother recounted, the night before he died, he called me into his room, he wanted me to see the two-minute trailer that he had downloaded. He teared up as the colors and sounds and snippets of action were coming across the screen, and at the end it said, coming March 3rd, 2017. He looked at me and said, I'm going to make it. I really have to think about how happy he was, and not that he did not make it. 
I did remind him on that night that he had already played Zelda, and yet I knew what he meant. Jamie mentions that the last conversation he had with his brother was just a good casual conversation about some games that were coming out. At the end, we said goodnight and that we loved each other, as we usually did. I had no idea at the time that I'd never talked to him again. Someone mentioned that when I play Breath of the Wild, I won't be alone, Jamie says. Gabe will be my navvy, helping to guide me through the game the whole time. I really loved that thought. In a follow-up Reddit post, Jamie has plugged the Children's Heart Research Group, which is something I will be looking into further for the Hyrule Herald and for Reddit Gamer 1. In the coming months, we'll be putting together a fundraiser and we'll probably aim to make donations to this organization. Previously, we have done work for Canines for Disabled Kids and the Kids Need to Read program. This exact story is a constant reminder of why I am a Nintendo loyalist. This is why I have a pre-order of the Nintendo Switch at launch. It's not because of the specs or the games that are going to be available at release. It's because of the company who I've grown up with. It's the fact that the quality move that Nintendo has made here, and this isn't going to slam companies like Microsoft or Sony, it's just that Nintendo's been around a lot longer, and especially in this area. I hope that Microsoft and Sony have this situation to go through to make their fans know that they do care. I bring this up on the podcast because in one one way or another, Nintendo has done this reality escape for all of us at one time or another. Whatever problems we face in the real world, Nintendo has created worlds, kingdoms, and galaxies for all of us to escape in. For me, I find Haven in Hyrule, but I also feel sanctuary in the Mushroom Kingdom, Inkopolis, and even Brinstar Deaths. This is why we love Nintendo, and how we are able to repay them with uh, with this is just our loyalty. This is a very sensitive subject, and, and I'm, I'm reading these articles about Gabe and his life, and, and, and how his family rallied around him. It's touching, and as someone who's grown up with two older brothers, and two older brothers that have inspired me to play video games, and to enjoy that time together in brotherhood and friendship, I can only think of... The sadness Jamie must feel anytime he picks up a, a controller, but at the same time, how how an honor and a tribute it is to his his late brother, Lucas. No, it just really is incredible how um, it's it's not like a simple thing, but it's you know for Gabe it was he wanted to you know see Breath of the Wild, and it probably you know. You know, late at night, deep in his heart, he probably knew that he might not, you know, be able to make it until then. Um, and yet, you know, this amazing company that Nintendo is, they took the time and resources to make that dream a reality for him. And yeah. for a lot of us, that uh, we have our own, maybe not as drastic, but we have our own instances where this is true for us as well. Because we all have, you know, a dream that someday we may not be able to accomplish but because of these amazing video games and these stories that we can just get so involved in and so you know consumed by that mm-hmm. we you know through the video game we reach something that we wouldn't have been able to before yeah yeah it's it's crazy to think about how video games could actually 
be so important to people, especially like way back in the day where most people didn't think video games could be, you know, much of anything. Just they're just a distraction. But now nowadays, it, even though it seems like it's just a form of entertainment, it's something something real big for sure. Mm-hmm. They're just being so immersed in these worlds that these companies are creating, especially for Nintendo, how they make their worlds and how into it you could really get into it for sure. Yeah, I, I feel almost that um, uh, today's generation of children probably don't have the dilemma, but my generation definitely, we grew up with Nintendo. Nintendo was the first system most of us had. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you, you were weird if you had the Sega. You were, <laughs> you know, well, you know. Because, you know, I, I think I brought this up a few weeks ago is that I, I can remember um, if you didn't have Street Fighter 2 uh, on the Super Nintendo, but you had it for the Sega Genesis, well, we couldn't be friends. And, you know, it's stupid little things like that in the neighborhood, right. but, you know, <laughs> kids will be kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted to bring that up just because um, a, lot, a lot of the groups had been sharing that story this week. And um, it, it's a very touching story. It's a very it's a very good story. And, and to me... I feel as uh, who we are, uh, Gabe was one of us, and we owe it to him to to carry on his legacy. So I, I appreciate you guys giving me the time to talk about that. Definitely, and I kind of hope that Nintendo and good old Nintendo fashion might even throw in a uh, Gabe Easter egg or something. In Breath That'd of be Wild. wonderful. Yeah. I know a lot of people are still hoping for uh, some form of a Robin Williams Easter egg in Breath of the Wild. That and would also be cool. It would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lucas, we have some pretty big news about uh, about Netflix. We do have some pretty big news about Netflix. And that news, ladies and gents, is that Castlevania is going to have um, a season starting this year uh, up on Netflix. Uh, yeah. And then season... <laughs> Quick. Yeah, which is incredible how you know fast that they're going to be able to get this out. And um, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. I'm probably going to butcher it. Adi Shankar. I don't know. He's going to be directing I'd it. I'd go with that. Yeah. Um, he said that season two is going to be out in 2018, which is going to be nice to have, you know, a knowledge of when season two is coming out. Because if you're a fan of the Attack on Titan anime, you know that just recently, after years, well, it seems like years, I don't actually know the release date, <laughs> but season two is going to come out April 1st. And I really hope it's not an April Fool's joke. Well, yeah, I was going to say, pay attention oh, to that boy. date, buddy. April yeah. yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, um... There isn't much that we know about it as of now. Um, Alvi knows that it's been announced for 2017. And uh, on the, on the uh, Facebook post that Adi Shankar posted, he said that it will uh, end the streak and be the Western world's first good video game adaptation. Ooh. Oh, boy. Which Hopefully. is super exciting. Yeah, well, I hope those words are sweet because sometimes if you have to eat words, you want them to be sweet when they go back down. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you true. know, actually, on on that note, um, I meant to bring it up. Uh, it was an article that we could have wrote for the site, but you know, I'm bringing it up now because it's kind of tangible to this. Uh, there were some images released for the upcoming uh, Tomb Raider film that is rebooting the film franchise, which is based on the rebooted Tomb Raider games. And I have my fingers crossed that if they actually do that right this time, we're actually going to have like the legitimate female Indiana Jones uh, survivor kind of story. Yeah. And I'm really, really hoping that that will become uh, the first really good video game uh, film adaptation. I, I thought Warcraft was actually a really good movie. Yeah, um, it was actually But I'm a Warcraft fan. Yeah, Warcraft yeah. I liked a lot. Um, 
mainly because like if you, it's more so for people who played the game aside from people who were just watching. Because like when they like show like Stormwind and Ironforge and all those places, like I know that place, and they did a pretty good job at actually showing what that place looks like. So mm-hmm. at least in the aesthetics, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and I thought you know the uh, the computer generated uh, imagery in the in the film was actually it was it was good. Blizzard has always done very well with their own cinematics. Yeah, um, you know the the, the cinematics and cutscenes in Overwatch and everything are just breathtaking. Oh yeah, they're really well done. But yeah, um, you know, actually, now that we're talking back about Castlevania coming to Netflix, um, you you kids probably don't remember this, but a long long time ago, uh, Deke. Uh, that's D-I-C. Uh, <laughs> they used to have an animated TV sh- series. And actually, they, they helped bring the Super Mario Brothers Super Show to life, which starred Captain Lou Albano as Mario. <laughs> and um, every Friday, they'd play the episodes of The Legend of Zelda, which is you know the f- famous series for having Zelda wearing pants and Link saying, well, excuse me, princess. But there was another series that came out. And it was called Captain N, the Game Master. And guess who was a character on that show? Who? Uh, Mega Man. But Silent, Simon Belmont <laughs> was uh, on there as well. That curveball. Uh, well, Mega Man was weird. He had like the weird was like, yeah, yeah, that Man. voice like, that's was That's how great. he talked. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Um, but Simon Belmont was on that show. Uh, but he was a descendant of the Simon Belmont from the NES games. And he was like a vain, uh, you know... Poofter, I think, is the word I want to go with. <laughs> I, I haven't talked to any of my British friends in a while, but I think poofter is a word I want. There's <laughs> a Scrabble <laughs> word for you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, poofter. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have to censor that one out or not. I'm going to double check that. I like it. I think it's good. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, that's exciting news for Netflix. Um, and actually, I, I think they're... they're, they're animated series that Netflix has been doing. Um, I think of Voltron when I'm thinking about um, uh, Castlevania right now because the way that they did Voltron is that they knew that they were going to do two seasons for sure. Or uh, there was, was two seasons or is it broken into two parts? I think it's broken into two parts, which is basically what um, what Netflix is doing with Castlevania. And I think that's a smart move. For sure. Yeah, I just wonder how they're going to do the story. Are they going to just go off the games is going to be kind of a separate story with this like a separate belmont like what's going to go on yeah that's a good question i guess we'll have to wait until it comes out to see i mean uh, yeah, I, I mean i guess yeah it's going to be like a halloween release right because i sure you know, hope so you can't the vampires and it's the end of 2017 it makes sense mm-hmm. now the other big release for halloween time uh, on netflix is going to be stranger things too so i'm hoping that uh castlevania doesn't get too overshadowed but you know, uh, us us nerds are going to binge watch Stranger Things season two first, and then immediately go to Castlevania. I'm sure that's how it'll go. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Castlevania, uh, that's going to bring us into our retro rewind for this week's episode, and we're going to talk about Castlevania. And actually, Castlevania has had a very lengthy history and has been on many systems. It's not a uh, Nintendo exclusive title. It was really only Nintendo's uh, title f- up until really the Super Nintendo. Uh, the game was first released in 1986 by uh, Konami, and the first Castlevania game introduced us uh, to really the series' main protagonist, which is Simon Belmont, and then the Belmont family came after, uh, and then, of course, the iconic whip, which is rightly named the Vampire Killer, which is not Buffy. She's the Vampire <laughs> Slayer. Slayer. Come on. It's yeah, different. Come on. It's a little different. 
Um, continuing on the uh, Nintendo, uh, the original NES, were two sequels. There was Castlevania Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, Castlevania Two. No. Uh, Castlevania. I always have that trouble when I when I announce a sequel to a, a series. I always want to say Electric Boogaloo because it's fun. Um, Castlevania Two Simon's Quest, and then there was Castlevania Three Dracula's Curse. Uh, Simon's Quest actually favored a lot of the gameplay style that was used uh, for the RPG version of The Legend of Zelda Two Electric Boogaloo: uh, The Adventure <laughs> of Link. Um, whereas uh, Dracula's Curse focused uh, on what made the first Castlevania game good, uh, and really these games, if you pair them up with Metroid, they 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 match very well, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, which, you know, we talked about Metroid last week, and we're going to talk about Metroid again right here. Uh, because, to me, another iconic game out of this franchise landed on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, and that was um, Super Castlevania. I think Super Castlevania is one of my all-time favorite SNES games. It's fantastic. Uh, it's got a wonderful 16-bit synth orchestra uh, backing of a keyboard or whatever <laughs> music was done for the game, but it's, it, it works really well for the game. You know, we've talked about how uh, Koji Kondo has done wonderful things where the character uh, or where the music is almost a character in a lot of the Zelda games. Well, the music definitely is a character in uh, uh, Super Castlevania. Yeah, definitely. Um, Very iconic music. It's it's, it's wonderful. Um, Castlevania would eventually stop being a Nintendo exclusive and would find a drastic change in 1997's sleeper Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Now, I say sleeper because when it was first released, Symphony of the Night was really scoffed, but it gained kind of like a quick cult status, and it became actually... It's it's really a fun game, and it's actually probably one of the best games ever. Um, Symphony of the Night kind of returned a little bit more to the gameplay that was a little bit more of the RPG style that was seen in um, uh, Zelda Two and uh, uh, Simon's Quest. But did better. Um, Oh, yeah, it was way, way better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is kind of where, you know, in 1997, probably a little bit before then, but really the terminology of game description being called Metroidvania was born uh, in, in this time. Uh, and that's because that became kind of like a, a gameplay style, um, you know, side scrolling. They could go back and forth and, you know, uh, different uh, puzzles and everything. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I love those kind of games. Uh, there were two 3D attempts for the Castlevania on the Nintendo 64, uh, Castlevania 64 and Castlevania Legacy of Darkness. Castlevania 64 was met actually with pretty good reviews. I didn't really care for the game myself. I found the controlling to be abysmal, but Same. I didn't really like <laughs> the controlling on many N64 games. Um, and Legacy of Do- Darkness uh, only holds about a score of about uh, 63%, whereas you know Castlevania 64 actually has like an 8.2 rating. So what, that's like 80%-ish? So, about, yeah. Yeah. It's 82% so, if you, you know, that's specific. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> you know. So not the best Castlevania games, but they were there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Let's see, uh, Lords of Shadow. Yeah, there, there we go. The most recent entries uh, in the series are Lords of Shadow and Lords of Shadow 2, which were made for the Xbox 360, PS3, and PC. Both games have received great reviews. Um, I've never played them myself, but I have seen the trailers. I remember actually being pretty impressed with the first trailer for um, for Lords of Shadow. And uh, the graphics and the storytelling really looked really cool in the trailer. I never got a chance to actually see it, but the the game ratings on both have them sitting at, like, higher nines. Yeah, so. I actually played them, and it does look fantastic, and the gameplay is just a little different. It's more like a, like a God of War-type fighting. Okay. Uh, so it's very, it's very interesting. 
Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I watched the gameplay, uh, gameplay trailer uh, not too long ago when I was writing all this up, and I thought, man, it, it really looks like they've perfected the 3D work for, for a Castlevania Oh, yeah, game. definitely. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, though the last games released in North America were uh, was, well, the last game was uh, Lords of Shadow 2. Uh, there was one that was released in Japan in 2015, uh, but Lords of Shadow 2 was released in 2014. Um, there's been little said on the future of Castlevania other than uh, a Netflix series. Um, but as far as gaming, there's there's really nothing. Um, we could only hope that maybe Nintendo, using those new Joy-Cons, you know, we could actually feel the weight of the whip, right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but, I, you know, actually, that was probably the only motion control part I liked out of... Uh, Skyward Sword was the whip, and I'm you know I always wondered why there was never any success moving that to a Castlevania game for the Wii. Yeah, I didn't um, even think about that. It would it'd be fun, but I think it also get like super tiring. Yeah, because you're whipping <laughs> yeah, back too. and forth, and it's like that's all you'd be doing. Yeah, yeah, especially with like Wii and, Motion Plus, like with Skyward Sword, you have to make like full like rotations and movements with your arms. You can't just like flick it like in Twilight Princess. Exactly, and it, and to me, if you're going to do that for a game, you might as well just ask for the rights from Devo and just have a Devo whip a game. <laughs> yeah, right. Crack that whip. <laughs> uh, currently, you can play Castlevania and Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest on the NES Classic. Of course, that's if you can get your hands on an NES Classic. Uh, yeah, or uh, I'm pretty sure it's on the Virtual Console as well. I'm sure. Oh, yes, they are, aren't they? Um, so well, at least they work, because like I know five, I have them on. Bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Lucas, I feel like you had something else you wanted to talk about. Um, the only thing is about like the vampire esque franchise. Like I think going back to you know the Netflix series that it mm-hmm. it does need kind of a revitalization because there mm-hmm. hasn't been a really good, at least that I've seen, vampire game in a really long time, or yeah, even like true. vampire story or anything like that. Except for like Skyrim, when you could be a vampire in that. Yeah. Uh, um, I would like to actually argue that The Sims 3, uh, the vampire mode in that game, because uh, that actually allowed me to live out a lot of my Sunnydale fantasies. Okay. All right. Well. I mean, that works. I mean, yeah. that game is like <laughs> an atrocity to nature. There is so I like many... to play God. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I love the game. I've played it for hours and hours on end because it's just so ridiculous. But I mean, <laughs> it's a good time killer. It really yeah, is. Definitely. And then you don't touch it for ten years, and then you pick it back up, and you're like, "Why did I ever leave this game?" And then you realize why. Yeah, it's like an old high school girlfriend, man. You leave her for <laughs> ten <laughs> years and then pick her back up again. <laughs> like, hey, what's yeah, what kind Come of high on. schools you guys go to? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got some E3 news, Skylar. What do you got on that? Oh yeah, so for the first time. The uh, E3 conference in L.A. will be opening their doors to the public. Tickets will go on sale Monday, and they're, they're going to be $250 for the three-day event. But early bird pricing is showing $150 if you buy in time. Mm. Early bird gets the worm. Yep, exactly. Early bird gets the breakfast special. The breakfast, yeah, dude. Uh, the 150 yeah. breakfast special. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the eggs over my hammy. Oh, no. I do not want uh, your hammy. Oh, hey now. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, that that's really good news about E3. Um, yeah, you've, you've gone, gone right? Yeah, I have. I've gone to it twice. Uh, I went to it when I worked for GameStop, and then I went to it when I worked uh, on another website. And uh, 
it's it's an amazing experience to be there. Um, when I was there for GameStop, it was boring, right? Because I was like standing around doing nothing. I couldn't go to other booths. I couldn't like really explore it until like the third day. And by the third day, there's really not that much to do. Because uh, usually the third day is really when the public gets a better chance to get in. Right. Um, so you you so in technicality, it is really the first time that they're offering the public in for that price. You could buy a uh, a spectator pass, and I think it was like nine hundred ninety five dollars. Like, Ooh, oh, it's wow. just five dollars shy of a thousand. Um, it's um, it's an amazing experience. Uh, you know, Brian uh, from our Nintendo Holics group, he went last year and. Um, I don't think he would mind me saying, but I'm pretty sure manly tears were shed because, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's, it's when you're so immersed in that world um, to, to be among people that, you know, get it, you know, they're not there to, you know, judge you and say, oh, you know, you're a nerd, you're playing games, blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> that right. is that exact community right there. Um You know, and to, to see how many more people are passionate about it. Actually, I, I met a kid. When I was there, he he had actually decked out his skateboard like it was a steel skateboard that he made, and he was able to carry it around, which I thought was interesting. Um, but he had the Triforce insignia on it, and it was really, really well done. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I took a picture of it and put it on our Instagram and everything uh, from a few years ago, and uh, it was good. You know, and, and same with like PAX. You know, I know that we mentioned PAX Prime earlier with Gabe, but. Um, PAX is a wonderful experience. PAX is actually a lot more affordable for everybody else to get into. Uh, and PAX, usually usually you'll, you'll see Blizzard at PAX. Uh, Blizzard's never at E3. Of course, Blizzard, of course, has their own event, uh, BlizzCon, which my brother and a lot of his friends have gone to. Uh, I actually almost bought tickets for it this year. I just decided not to. Right, oh, yeah. Fun. yeah. Yeah, it would oh, it'd be, be a great. Blast. Yeah, I would love to go to E3. It's just flying out there, getting money, stuff like that. But, you know, one of these years, it'll happen. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, Lucas and I were talking about it. You know, I told him, I said, if we're able to get the tickets for 150, um, I mean, I'm still going to try to get a media pass for the website because, you know, our traffic's doing great. But, um, you know, if we're not able to secure it that way, then, hey, at least we'll be able to go out there and cover it. Yeah, in some Um, form, yeah. Exactly. And it's it's really, it's a good experience um, for for two different reasons. It's a good experience for the individual. It's a good experience as a team. Um, You know, I... When I went with uh, Garrett, uh, we, we had a, a really good chance to really get to know each other better than just via Skype, you know. So it was it's nice to get that camaraderie together. Yeah, some personal interaction, not just yeah over the internet. Yeah, you know, and then you know they really appreciate it when you know you have a ton of Marriott points and you can put them in a decent hotel. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because I mean, you know, we've all looked, worked for somebody that you know I've I've seen pictures of the hotel that that he stayed in and it's like uh pretty sure the Bates motel would actually be safer. <laughs> you know. Yeah, give and take, you know. Yeah, a little bit. So Well, I think that's gonna wrap us up this week for Ready Gamer One. I know it's a little bit of a shorter episode this week, but we wanted to try a couple different things. Um be sure to tune in next week. Uh, we're going to discuss a lot of cool things. We're going to have some information about the Legend of Zelda Escape Room. It's going to be touring the nation. It'll be awesome. And we're going to have a discussion on the upcoming uh, information that we're finding out about Stranger Things Season 2. Uh, Barb is still dead, I think. <laughs> Spoiler. Lucas, have you even watched I that yet? I have not even thought about watching it, to be honest. Well, wonderful. Now you just found out that Barb is dead. You know what Great. is also funny? 
what? I have never played a single Castlevania game. Oh my god. So, <laughs> uh, got, got that going for me. This is why we can't have these things. I mean, I play D&D, so... Close yeah, this is, this is why you should probably really enjoy Stranger Things. I'm telling you. The, that entire series is based around them playing Dungeons & Dragons. You know... You never listen to me. I, I feel like, I feel like Chunk Sorry? from The Goonies. <laughs> you kids never listen to me. <laughs> exactly. No, that, that's so true. I never do. It's great. It's great. We have, we have a fantastic wall. relationship, then. Don't call it a relationship. <laughs> oh, no. It, it's a capital R relationship. Oh. Ooh, so really like Team Rocket capital R? Oh, yeah. Blast awesome. off again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, so leave us a comment, uh, a like, and a follow if you uh, like what we're doing. And if you don't like what we're doing, let, let us know how we can be better, because... This is still pretty new to us. This is only episode seven, and we want to have like you know at least a hundred of these eventually. Yeah, feedback is always um, good. We want to be like a recent yeah. podcast doing this for like six years. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, thanks you all so much for uh, for listening to us.